Good morning, Impact City. So good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Thank you, worship team. Let's jump right in. I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles, tap or turn to the book of Matthew, chapter number one. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's good to be here. We're grateful for the privilege that he affords us. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, and I'm going to be reading out of the NIV version. Tap or turn. It says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege that you give us to be here today. We thank you for your presence that is healing, that is moving in our midst. We thank you for your word, God, that brings life and hope and encouragement to our lives. Let your word accomplish its purpose today. We give you the glory right now for what you're going to do later. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I want to speak to you on the subject, the miracle in the manger. The miracle in the manger. One of the many things that the Christmas story teaches us is that God works through the most impossible and through the most unlikely situations. If you find yourself in a difficult place, if you find yourself between a rock and a hard place, you're in good company. You're in, a good, you're in good company because you are in an, the ideal and the optimal place for God to work in your favor and to work for your good. In Luke chapter 1, we learn from Mary how the seemingly impossible that when God shows up can become a possibility. God is showing us that he is the one that initiates the impossible. And what he starts, he finishes. And he also gives us favor to be able to navigate through these difficult situations. So in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26, we find the invitation of Mary who finds herself in, in this unlikely situation. And it is here where God initiates. And God says, I am going to work the impossible. Mary had nothing to do with it. God sent his angel and Mary just simply was a recipient of the favor of God. Isn't it awesome to be a recipient of the favor of God? Man did not initiate salvation. God did. That while we were yet sinners, God died for us. It's not that, it's not that Mary did anything. It's not that you and I did anything, but it's that God stepped in and said, what you can do, I will do. So in this season of peppermint mochas and egg lattes, we are reminded that God has already initiated the, to make your impossible situation possible. And it is not only that, but that he also gives us favor. That when people are looking and saying there's no way that he will come out of it, there's no way that she will come out of it, God enables us with the favor that only he can give us that allows us to walk through the different seasons and through the different trials and the different problems that we may find ourselves in. So the Bible tells us that Mary is highly favored. She was an ordinary teenage peasant 
girl, but she was not highly educated. She was not rich. She, it was nothing like that that caught the attention of God, but it was her heart, and, and God simply just found her. Isn't it awesome that it doesn't matter what our last name is, it doesn't matter what, what our, our background is, but it is just by the goodness of God that one day... One day he came to our lives and he took us out of the miry clay and he put us on the rock and he put a song of praise in our heart and in our mouth. It is, it's just awesome that, that, I, that in my unlikely situation, God said, you know what, there's just something about him and there's something about her and I'm going to come to you. And we are here because he came to us in an unlikely situation. And it wasn't because anything, it wasn't because of what Mary did, but it was because of what God did. And that's why we're here today. It's because of God. Thank God for his favor. But isn't it something that when God initiates the impossible and presents us with a unique circumstance or a unique opportunity, that there's always questions that follow. There's always questions that follow. Mary asked the question, how could this be? Isn't it incredible how, how God can say, I will make a way for you, and I will heal you, and I will lift you up, and I, I will work through your marriage, and I will work through that broken relationship. I will. And then all of a sudden, there's still a question that comes from our, from our end that we say, God, but how? How? It's unlikely because of everything that I face. It's unlikely because of all the experiences that I have had. How? Mary asked how, and you may be asking, how will it happen how will I be healed and how will I be lifted up? How will my problem be solved? Have you ever had an impossibility and, and you feel in your spirit that God is going to make a way? But then all of a sudden you're asking, but, but it's unlikely because of all the statistics, because of all the facts, because of everything that I'm looking at. But in that instance when Mary asked, how will this happen? The angel responded, but the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm glad that Zechariah said that it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. Thus says the Lord. That, that there are moments in our lives that we exhaust all our natural ability. But God says, it just because, that you, just because you can't do it doesn't mean that I can't do it. And just because you've tried and hit a brick wall doesn't mean that I can't make a way through that wall for you. It's by my spirit. The, ho the Holy Spirit will do what is impossible for man and his spirit is still active and still working in our lives this morning. And it can be the, the difference maker in your life today. So let's fast forward a few months. So now Mary, after being a recipient of the favor of God a few, few months down the road, now she finds herself far from home. And she's miles away from her family. She spent the last few days on this journey on crowded roads. And during the cold of winter, she didn't have any money, she didn't have any friends, she didn't have a support system around her pain in her heart. While she's also nine months pregnant, so there's also pain in her back. She's estranged from her family. And under normal circumstances, people would be excited for her, people would be there to share her excitement, to learn, to be thrilled, of, to, to learn of this pregnancy, but this was an unlikely circumstance. She wasn't married. Her family was, was conservative. And then you have to take into account the, the uh, awkward explanation the, of having to tell the man that she's going to marry, that she is carrying a child that isn't his. It was a miracle in and of itself that he still married her. So Joseph leads the donkey 
down a steep path that ended in the mouth of a cave, and he lowered Mary off the back of this donkey. And here is where the miracle occurs. And it is in, on this unusual birthplace that is she's surrounded by the, the harsh winter. There's hay on the floor, the smell of dung around them. And in this place, the Savior of the world is born. In this place, Jesus of Nazareth is born. Where you least expected it, the inn had no place for her son. She and Joseph were far away from home, no warm bed. But in spite of the chaos, in spite of the crisis, in spite of everything that was going wrong, Christ was still born in that place. In spite of the chaos, Christ came. Through a scandalous pregnancy, Christ came. Running for their lives as the king was trying to kill every male child, Christ came. Running uh, through this unplanned trip and through no room at the inn, it was in this circumstance that God came to us. God came out victorious in Mary's story. And I'm excited to share with you today that God will come out victorious in your story too. It doesn't matter how unlikely it looks. It doesn't matter what has come against you. It doesn't matter how impossible it looks. You may say, you know what? I'm not in a good place for a miracle. You may be in the most out, uh, uh, hard to reach spot. But in that spot, God says, I can come through your chaos. And I can come through your mess. And I can come through your trouble. And I can come through your failure. And I can come through your past. He says, I can come through all of that. And I can still be born. And I can still come to your life. God was victorious then, and God can be victorious today in yours as well. Maybe you feel like you've been through from problem to problem, and everything is stacked up against you. It didn't stop Jesus in Mary's life, and it's not going to stop him from coming into your world. And the incredible thing of the, the Christmas story is that that miracle that occurred is still a miracle today for us. And it is a miracle that still gives to you and me today. It still gives hope. It still gives salvation. It still gives healing. It still gives life. It still gives restoration. It still gives. And it's available for you today. In Matthew chapter 1, we find the genealogy of Jesus, his family tree. And this stands out to me because you see dozens of names that really don't, don't, don't make any sense. Names like Tamar and Rahab. Names like Ruth, David, Solomon. Matthew was trying to make a point to the reader, to you and I today, that the dysfunction in our families does not stop God. The dysfunction in our families, the experiences of our families does not stop God. Tamar was abandoned, Ruth was an immigrant, Rahab was a prostitute, David was an adulterer and a murderer, Solomon wasn't much better. Jesus' family tree was messed up, just like some of our family trees here today. But it didn't stop from, from all this chaos. 
Jesus said, I'm still coming. I'm still near. I, I'm so glad that it doesn't matter if you come from a background that is not, that you are, you're, you're kind of ashamed to talk about, that you're not too proud of. It doesn't matter what your parents did or your grandparents or your great-grandparents. It doesn't stop Jesus from coming to your life today and saying, I can make a difference. And it doesn't matter what the pattern has been in your life and in your family. God says it stops. And it can be different. And it can change. When all was said and done through all this family tree, through sin and through scandal, through racism and through sexism, the surprise pregnancy and the chaotic trip resulted in the world's greatest miracles. Can you imagine what God can do with your mess today? Can you imagine what God could do with your life today? God took it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he made it work together for good for his purpose. And wherever you find yourself today, you can find your answer in the stable, in the manger. If you wonder if God has a place for a person like you, for a person like me, we can look to Bethlehem. And we can find our answer there. He offers love to the ones that feel unloved. He offers hope to the hopeless. He offers healing to the sick and salvation to the lost, restoration to the broken, joy to the sad. The story of Jesus being born on this earth really comes down to, the, to this, that it is a God who has a relentless love for you and for me. It is a God who will pursue us and who will chase us down and who will come to us and say, you know what? You may not even love yourself, but I love you. And people may walk out on you, but I'll never walk out on you and I'll keep you in the palm of my hand. It comes down to this, that when I feel, when I feel disqualified, that God says, you're not qualified by your acts and by your actions, you're qualified by my love and my goodness and my grace. I'm just grateful for a God that comes down to me and chases me and says, you know what? You may be running, you may be scared, you may be fearful, but my love will hold you together. That's what it comes down to. He loves you. He loves you just the way you are. And he loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay the way you are. That he offers a new hope. A love that chases us. And that he loves us when everybody else may think quite the, the quite opposite of us. He stooped to the lowest of conditions shows us the extreme that he's willing to go to for you. He stooped to the lowest of conditions to catch you and I at our low points and to pick us up from where we find ourselves and to show us that what we deem is impossible is not impossible for him. To let us know that he can work through the difficult situations in our lives. Mary didn't believe. She questioned it in every which way. Just like you and I question it. Yet when all was said and done, God broke every barrier. And broke every impossibility. And broke through every obstacle. To let you know that you and I may not be able to, but he can. 
that you can't fix your problem, but he can. He did it to remind us that while others may say that that will never happen, you'll never get out of it, you'll never get back on your feet. No, the Bethlehem reminds us, that manger reminds us that, that we have a God who comes to the lowest of conditions and the lowest of situations and says, you can bounce back. You can get up from that. God said, I did it in Bethlehem to serve notice for once and for all that he can. So this morning, what is stopping you from letting him wrap you in his arms and letting him love you with this relentless love? If he was willing to come down and to be born of a virgin in the most unlikely circumstances, then all questions about his love in reality are off the table today. He has proved his love. You may question his actions or his decisions, but you cannot, you cannot question his affection for you. The moment that Jesus was carried in Mary's arms, God made his place, made his case that there is no place, there is no place that he will not go. Your dysfunction, he'll go there. Your bad habit, he'll go there. That place in your heart that smells bad, he'll go there. Your struggling addiction, he will go there. If he was willing to be born in a manger, then expect him to work anywhere, anywhere. No place is too common. No person is too far. No distance can exist because there's no person that he cannot reach. There is absolutely no limit to his love. And on that day when Christ was born, so was our hope. So was our hope that he came to be human, that he experienced pain, that he experienced hurt, that he experienced rejection, that he experienced loneliness, so that when you and I would go through those moments in our lives, we could go to a father who knows what it's like to be there. That the book of Hebrews, when it says in chapter 4 that we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, but yet he did not sin. So let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we can receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We have a God who's been through what you've been through. We have a God who has experienced hurt and, and, uh, and rejection and loneliness, just like you and I have experienced it. And he says, you can come to me in your time of need and, I will, and we will find what we need. He knows what it's like. That feeling and that hurt, he's been there. And he knows what it's like to be human. So when you think of Christmas, I want you to see it. I want to remind you to see it as an invitation to believe in the relentless, crazy love of God. That he became one of us so that we could become one with him. That he saw us in our weak state, that he saw us in our hopeless state, and he said, I'm going to come down. I'm going to come down. He did away with the fence of sin, of guilt, and of shame to be able to come down so he can do it again and again and again, and he can break 
every impossibility. He can be born in your struggle today. He is a God that is not just, that just not, that doesn't just sit in heaven. No, he is a God who is with us. That's why the book, that's why Matthew refers to him as Emmanuel. He said, he's God with us. It's not that he was ever intended to take on the name Emmanuel, but it was going to define his role in our lives, that he is with us. That when I walk through life, he walks with me. That in my high moments, he walks with me. In my low moments, he holds me together. That when our sins made it impossible for us to come to him, he said, you know what? I'll come down to you. I'll come down to you. You may not be able to come to me, he said, but I will come to you because he loves you that much. You can look around and you can check and you can look and evaluate, but there's nobody that can love us like Jesus. There is nobody that can say, you know what? You can't come to me. I'll, it's okay. I'll, I'll do whatever I have to. Easter celebrates what Christmas began. He is Emmanuel, and he took the outrageous step of coming down to us, of making himself susceptible to sorrow and familiar with temptation and rejection and loneliness so that you and I could remember that the next time that we feel discouraged, so the next time that we feel lonely, and frustrated, we can turn to him and know that he has been there. And if he did it once, he'll do it again and again and again. And maybe in this, maybe this morning and on this day, you have not made that decision to know him in that aspect. So I want to invite you right where you're at to close your eyes and bow your head. Here at Impact City, we believe in community. And we believe that nobody should walk through life alone. And if you're here this morning and you have not made that decision to follow Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity. That opportunity that can make the difference in the life that you live. So we're going to pray together and I'm going to invite you to, to repeat after me. Dear Lord, I... I admit that I am a sinner in need of a savior. I believe you are Jesus, the son of God, who died for the sins of the world. And I confess you as Lord, savior, and king of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we put our hands together for everyone that was saved this morning? I want to invite you to stand. Worship team, will you come? So wherever you find yourself this morning, before we leave, I, I would like the privilege to pray for you, to pray with you. Where, where you find yourself in that current state and in that current situation. You don't have to make a step. 
Because oftentimes we think that we have to get ourselves right and clean up, then come to God. But in reality, we come to Him and He's the one that can clean us up. He's the one that can make us righteous. He's the one that can make us whole. So you don't have to wait till you overcome that habit and you don't have to wait till you overcome that temptation and that sin, right? God will meet you right where you're at. And he said, I can he says, I can enable you to overcome. I can enable you to receive what you need and to get out of the situation that you find yourself in. God wants to wrap us in his arms right where you're at. It doesn't matter what happened last night. It doesn't matter what happened this morning as you were driving over here. Even then, he still loves you. And he says, bring your hurt, bring your pain, bring whatever is weighing down on your heart and not letting you live a, a free life. He says, bring it to me. He says, come to me, all you that are heavy burdened and laden, and I will give you rest. In other words, he says, if you feel like you're overwhelmed and if you feel like life is too much, he says, you can come to me and I can give you rest. So I want to invite you right where you're at to just close your eyes. And I want you to just meditate and think on, the, on where you find yourself and present that to God. Present it to God and just say, God, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. But I believe your word this morning that you can come and make all things new. So right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, right now in the name of Jesus, God, we come and we present loneliness. We present broken hearts, frustrated spirits, bogged down minds. Right now, God, we present all of it to you. We present our impossibilities. We've checked, we've done our research, we've tried and we've tried and we cannot get out of this. God, right now we call on you. Your word says that your name is a strong tower and that we will run to you and we will be saved. Right now, Father, whether it be anyone in this house or anybody watching online, God, right now that you would reach every circumstance, that you would start to work in every situation, God, there is nothing too difficult for you. We present every impossibility at your feet, God. We present our burdens. We present our loads at you, God, and we trust that you will do what no one can do. We trust right now, God, that you will do the impossible, that you will work through the barrier and you will work through every obstacle, God, for our good right now. God, cover us right now and shelter us. Wrap us in your arms, God. Lord, let us this morning leave with the assurance and the confidence that regardless of where we find ourselves, that your love for us is still the same. And that you will, you will make all things, all things new.
We just want to take a moment to thank you for watching this week's message. If God used it to bless you, think of someone you can share this link with. Let's continue reaching out to our friends and families with the hope of the gospel every chance we get. If you've decided to follow Jesus or to rededicate your life to him today, congratulations. We're excited for you because we know that God has a great plan for your life. We would love to congratulate you and send you some special info. Fill out our digital connect card at impactcity.cc slash connect card and check one of the boxes under I have decided to. Well, thanks again for joining us and watching this week's message. If you haven't already, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe button before you sign off today. Have a blessed week and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Adios. Adios.